Who's ready to get in the word tonight? Hallelujah. Before we get started, I want to, um, you know, Pastor has given us the thought process of, of putting a, some type of alarm for noon, um, you know, like every day, you know, to bind and send out prayer against COVID and things of that nature. I, you know, I want you to add something to that. I want you to pray for them. Um, you know, so when that alarm goes off at noon, as you are praying against those things, I want you to remember our pastors from Florida as they're traveling, as they're trying to, you know, to enjoy themselves. I want you to remember them in prayer. Not saying that you don't already pray for our pastors, but this is a great opportunity for the enemy to try to try something silly. But as men and women of God who believes in the power of God, we're not letting that go down. So every single day at noon when the alarm goes off and when you pray and stand on the promises of the Lord, when we're talking against COVID, I want you to remember our leaders, for those who are home too, and I want you to pray for their safety and for their enjoyment. Can I get an amen? And he didn't pay me to say that either. Hallelujah. What an honor. Sunday as the praise team gathered in the morning to pray, I began to feel the heaviness of this call to speak every Wednesday and every Sunday. I, I have, you can talk to my wife, I have a way of delaying impact on important things coming. I told my team, this is embarrassing, but when my wife was pregnant with Nathaniel, I didn't allow myself to think I was going to be a dad until she went into labor. Then I freaked out. So I knew that this day was coming where the Lord had allowed me to find favor in him. You know, the tutelage from many great spiritual mentors, including pastor, to be called to lead his people. It's just for a month, but you don't understand how sacred this is to me. Watching my dad and mom do it for years, watching the great mentors of my life do it, and then for the Lord to be like, we can trust you now to do this. This is a huge honor that I don't take lightly. And I pray that tonight that my passion for the word of God will be heard and felt, and that no matter when this is seen, that the anointing that I know that God has birthed inside me will lead to change in those who hear the words that come out of my mouth, because I choose to believe that my words tonight are not my own. Can I get an amen? amen. I want to talk about, ooh, I just shifted, I felt that. <laughs> Y'all know that preacher voice, don't you? I want to talk about tonight the names of God. Cole has done a great job with helping and support me. I told him, I said, Cole, I want to do a series called The Names of God. And, and you may have seen something on Facebook about it. Go ahead and share it. I believe that God wants us to know him. Since the beginning of time, the names of men and women have been one of the most important things. Your name was linked to your family's history. Your name was linked to your character, to your job, 
And back in the day, some cultures waited to name their children because they wanted to make sure that they were choosing the right name to fit the character that they thought their child had. Back in the day, they would have called me Jonathan, son of James. Because in that sentence, not only do you hear my name, you hear the stock that I come from, and which is the name of James, James Glenn. So when you hear my name, it represents Central Michigan University. It represents Leona and James Glenn. It represents my character, my faith, my consistency. At some part of my life, it depended on who you spoke to Depend on what name they would give you for me. What do I mean? If you're in front of my mother, you better use Jonathan. Sometimes you hear Jonathan. John, John Glenn, Joni. And it depends on who knows me by that name. They may know something completely different about me. Back in my college days, Joni was the drummer with big hair, cool the musician. Jonathan was the Christian because that was my mama given name and I better act like Jonathan when mama's around. John Glenn was a partier. If you knew me by John Glenn, most likely you were in the Greek fraternity and sorority world and when I walked onto the scene the party, it was popping, it was ready to go. So no matter what name we use, and here's the cool thing about God, because when I begin to walk in my salvation, when I begin to walk in his light, when I begin to read the word of God, and when I begin to fast and pray and act like who I was born to act, all of a sudden those old nicknames didn't matter anymore. All of a sudden, when you hear the name Jonathan B. Glenn, what comes behind it is a man of faith. What comes behind it is a man of character, of moral character. Here at CMU, the Lord has allowed my name, even when you hear Glenn, they think of my name sometimes in circles instead of my father. So if I just set up the importance of names of humans, what about the importance of the creator of all? Isn't his name important? When it comes to God, his character is in his name. His actions, his rulings, his dominion, his power, and all that dwells in his creation is caught in his name. When I taught my son and daughter how to pray, I taught them, you pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. There's power in name. When his name is spoken, his, rep- his, re- um, his reputation shows up. But if you don't know who he is, when you say his name, you may try to put him in the same level as a human, and that's when doubt comes in. Because when I say God, all of a sudden I believe in certain things. When I say God, I remember the stories of old. When I say God, I think of the sea parting. When I say God, I remember when Jesus spoke to Lazarus and he woke up. When I say God, I remember things. 
And when you put God on the scene, when you allow his reputation to show up, when you say his name, just sit back and watch cool things happen. But the problem with Christianity in 2021 is you don't know the name that you're speaking and you're surprised when things don't happen because you are not giving him the rightful reputation that he deserves. The lack of knowledge of who God is puts us in the position to not understand the fullness of his name. Let's go back into the human example. If my name at this point, at the age of 40, comes up in any mess, most likely you frown. What? (laughs) Joni didn't say that. Right? Because my character is consistent. When God's name comes up in hate speech, some people believe it. What? When God's name shows up in in ways that people want to mistreat other people, they actually believe it? What? Do you know this? Some of the usage of the names of God must offend him to the fullest. We doubt and call ourselves God followers? Mm. Let's jump into Nehemiah because I want to talk about the power of the name. Nehemiah 1 9. I was reading this one morning in my quiet time. I got to the point where I didn't want to follow a a scheme. I said, Lord, what do you want me to read today? And he said, Nehemiah. I said, Nehemiah? That's not you, Lord. Why would you send me to Nehemiah? So I started reading in Nehemiah. I got to verse 9. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, Though some of you were cast out to the furthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. When I read that, Cole, I'm so sorry. Can I move left and right? Like, is the camera going to let me do that? Okay. Thank you. I should have verified because, y'all, I'm a mover. I want to make sure that people at home can see me. When I read that, y'all, Something inside of me leaped that how many places have we allowed to be the place where the name of God dwells, right? I don't know if my team noticed when I pray over the music every Sunday morning before we practice, I say, Father, as we prepare this music for you, may this be a place where your name dwells. Is your house a place where the name dwells? Is your car a place where his name dwells? Is your mind, your heart, your spirit a place where his name dwells? Or does it only dwell in church in the moment you go to the parking lot, another name shows up? It's okay, y'all don't got to say amen. I know I'm rocking it tonight. (laughs) Hallelujah. Mm. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. It didn't say the money of the Lord. It didn't say anything else except for 
his name. I remember growing up and when something would happen horrible, my mother would scream from the top of her lung, Jesus! And as I got older, I remember reading about the paralyzed gentleman who Jesus was walking past, and the only way that they could get his attention was, Son of David! And they kept on yelling. The disciples said, shush, shush. But sometimes when you need the Lord, you need to scream his name. And the world would tell you to shut your mouth. The world would tell you to stop believing. The world would tell you to have no faith. But some of y'all need to scream the name of Jesus. When they tell you that your children are lost, the name of Jesus. When they tell you your house is going to lose, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. I need an organ or something in the background. Give me some music. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Micah 4, 5. For all people walk each in the name of his God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. The name of God needs to be in our actions, the name of God needs to be in our love languages. The name of God needs to be in every bit, every part of us. The name and names of God need to be a part of our weaponry. They will know us by the way we speak, by our love, right? So the name of God needs to be on our lips. We try to only pick music in this church that focuses on the power and the name of God and his son Jesus. We you will never hear a random song in this church that randomly talk about certain things. We don't play that here. This is a place where the name of God dwells. Hallelujah. So if you are sitting here tonight and you're saying, I don't know if my house is in a place where the name dwells, it's time for some reconstruction. It's time for some, um, some, <laughs> some pruning. When I decided to make God my dwelling place, when I decided to make God my refuge, his name upon my lips, there's certain movies I can't watch anymore. There's certain music I can't allow in my spirit anymore. There's certain magazines, certain books I can't allow in my presence anymore because I dwell with him who has created me. And his name is upon my lips. And when he is on the throne, I can't allow anything else to take that seat. That includes fear, worry, and doubt. I love this part of the scripture but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. Psalm 97, 12. Don't worry, I'm getting somewhere, y'all. Y'all just follow me tonight. Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. That's why, you know, I was, I was praying once to the Lord, and I said, Lord, why is worship so important? Like, why do we do it at the beginning of a service? Because it says in Psalms to enter his gates with thanksgiving. What are we thankful about? We're thankful about everything that he provides, everything that he brings us, and it's all founded in his name. His name. His reputation. What reputation? Read your word. 
Your story has his name on it. Or you wouldn't be here tonight. You don't know what I've gone through, Joni, the trials and tribulations, okay? But you're here tonight. Oh, but 2020 and COVID, all this and that. But you're here tonight. The name of God. I love that scripture where it says that um, by the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Guess what? It was his name. Right? If you're getting attacked by the enemy, you better not say Joni's name. If you're getting attacked by the enemy, you better not say Pastor Rick's name. You better name Jesus. I'll give you one more in Spanish. Jesus. <laughs> the name of Jesus, the name of God on your lips is stronger. It's, it's a weapon upon nothing that's created or not created can stand in front of. Someone told me once, me and God against the world is a mismatch. I like that. Me and God against the whole world is a mismatch. Hallelujah. The ultimate use of his son's name is in Romans 10, 9 through 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let me read this to you. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him would not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord of all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The foundation of our salvation, the foundation of our faith, is based in the name of God, his son Jesus. Hallelujah. So all of that being said, I want to talk to you about a certain name tonight. Jehovah Jireh. I remember as a young lad in my parents' church, I remember, I felt like it was only a three-corded song back in the day. Jehovah Chira, my provide, his grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. Did anybody else grow up on that song? Oh, there's not too many saved people here. Interesting. And it's so funny. I just, I liked it because the beat and, you know, I didn't realize until I got older that my God provides. Hallelujah. So we just gave you the explanation of the importance of names. I used a human version myself that right now if my name is spoken on CMU's campus, it is backed by God's character, backed by my moral understanding, and on and on and on. So my reputation is great because the consistency of the man of God I am. That's the human side. 
But when you talk about God, his reputation in the Bible proves that when he says that he's a provider, when you hear the name Jehovah Jireh, that instantly your mind should take you to the represent um the I keep on messing this up, the reputation of who we talking about. See, but here's the problem. We love to call him Jehovah Jireh in church, but when we leave, we want to have more faith in our boss as our provider, our, our job, our degrees, or, or maybe the car that we have or the business idea. That's my provider. You know what? I have a great idea to do this or to that. Or you know what? I'm going to get this business going. With this degree, I can make this much money. And on and on, the Lord has reminded me in 2020 and in 2021 that he he is my provider. Can I get an amen? I know I'm not the only one tonight who needs Jehovah Jireh. I know I'm not the only one tonight who knows family members who needs Jehovah Jireh. I know I'm not the only one who kids need Jehovah Jireh. Because I'm tired of them asking me for stuff. You better believe in your God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, Johnny, what are you talking about? Let's go to the word. Philippians 4.19. Oh, we've heard this so many times, right? And my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Y'all realize that's Jehovah Jireh? Y'all got to just stop saying scriptures and not understand who you're talking about, right? So when you say Jehovah Jireh, which translates as my Lord will provide... Who are we talking about? Oh, man, if we go back into the word of God, there's numerous stories that tell us how he shows up and provides. All right? The children of Israel has a whole bunch of those stories. When they were hungry, he provided food. When they were thirsty, he provided water. And on and on. And these people doubted him for 40 years, and he still provided. So what more than us in this room? Right? God will provide. And here's the thing. He didn't say maybe. His name don't say maybe in it. Maybe God will provide. The last time I checked, the word of God says that he is not a man who shall lie, which means if he's allowing his name to be connected to, I will provide for you, why would it be a maybe? Let me go back to the word of God so you're not just listening to me tonight. And my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah is not on my riches. Hallelujah is not on your riches or the church's riches or this government riches. People in the room trying to get us a package so we can make money. That ain't my source. People in the room trying to decide if I get a check. That's not my source. And the moment I decide that the government is my source, you have missed the mark. That was for somebody. This government is not your source. And the moment you start believe that, you have another God on the throne. And it's not Jehovah Jireh. Because the word of God says that he will provide. I just, you know, I get to see pastor on the beach going like this. Yeah. That's my guy. <laughs> Hallelujah. The greatest, hmm, what word I want to use, Lord? Bring me a word. 
the greatest mirage the enemy could ever present to us is that God won't provide, right? It's because we want stuff on our time. I taught my kids that we can't treat God like a McDonald's drive-thru, you know? You walk up and you say, I want a number one, Lord! A few seconds later, you walk up and you get your food, and it was provided. When God says, wait, some of us think maybe God ain't there. Maybe God ain't hearing me, or maybe God is not really who I thought he was. What? So let me get this straight. Because you didn't get what you wanted to on your timetable, God is not God? What? Think about that for a second. God who has um, a whole, a plethora of evidence that he is the man, including how he has showed up in your life. He didn't do something in your timetable, so now he is not a God who will provide? Do you know what that means? We have transitioned to doubting the greatest person ever, ever, ever. God, the creator of all, one who said, let there be light, can't provide for you. Maybe it's something in the waiting that he wants you to understand. Right? Imagine, you know, and I tell my son and daughter this, if I gave you everything you asked for me, you will be a spoiled little brat that I need to spank 24-7. And I believe in the, the blessing of the hands when it comes to raising children. Don't call nobody on me. <laughs> Hallelujah. We call that the holy swing. <sighs> yes. Hallelujah. Side note, after I had kids, my mother, for some reason, forgot that she believed in the holy hands movement. She told me one day, hands are for love. I at, what? When did you read that book? I can't wait till we get to heaven so the Lord can show you your tape. Hallelujah. Sorry. Back to the anointing. Back to the Lord. Hallelujah. Sorry. I had a flashback. Sorry. It's, it's all good. Is my mom here? No, good. <laughs> We've been duped to believe that he is not a God who will supply all of our needs. I am reminded of that horrifying moment when Nathaniel came into this world and I realized the weight of fatherhood and taking care of my son. And the Lord told me in prayer, I'm going to take care of him. And I ran down. I said, Alice, the Lord said he's going to take care of Nathaniel. And she said, okay, what, what does that mean? All right? We had no insurance when we had our son, but somehow the entire doctor's bill was paid off. We still can't tell you today how that happened. My son is nine. We have paid for no articles of clothes for this dude. I wish I was joking with you tonight. Nine years ago, the Lord God Almighty spoke to me and said he would provide for my son. And nine years later, it's still happening. I hope that is still true when it's time for college, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> and it's still happening. I'm reminded when we moved from this church and we went to Minneapolis as a family, 
And we struggled, struggled financially. I didn't tell too many people, dealing with some pride issues back in the day. But God always showed up. It, makes, it made no sense. It was like the stories where he, he multiplied the bread and the fish. It made no sense with the amount of money I was making as a grown man in Minneapolis with a wife and a kid that all of our bills were paid. I was able to pay off one of my students' loans. My wife was able to pay off one of her student loans. And then all of a sudden, we, had, like, we always had food. It made no sense. When I saw my W-2, I cried. I, will, I made this little, but the Lord provided. He provided. And guess what? Was I asking him to provide? Was I asking him for more money? Yes. And he kept on saying no. He kept on saying, well, not saying no. It just didn't happen, right? So I assume, okay, Lord, man, that's messed up. So I guess I'm going out making this much money a year. Wow, this is all great. Um, okay, you're, you're God. I'm not. Okay. And at that time, my wife's faith was here, and I was down here because I was judging God, Jehovah Jireh, on what I had in my hand. I was judging him on what was um, in my pocketbook from, from what I could see. My understanding of God wasn't faith-driven. It was substance-driven. So unless you bless me, Lord, you're not really Jehovah Jireh. And that's what we continuously do to God on a daily basis. We judge him on what he gives us, but we don't understand that the lack of what we get doesn't change him from being God. I had no idea that as I'm praying to God to find jobs in Minneapolis, God is setting up for Pastor Rick to call me to come back to this church. And if he would, if he would have done what I asked him to do, I would still be in Minneapolis and not here. So some of you, you want these things. And Jehovah Jireh is saying, I, I got you, but in two moves down from now, what I give you could destroy you. So I need you to wait. And in the season of waiting, I can finally grow you and, and prune you. And so when I give you this thing, it won't destroy you. I remember living life without health insurance. Man, I'm like praying. I get a, uh, Lord, no, Lord, I can't go. At that point, we had enough money to cover my wife and my son. I had no life insurance. Well, I'm sorry. We had life insurance. No health insurance. It's terrified to get sick. All right? Walking, making sure I don't trip. <laughs> I lived in Minneapolis, y'all. Snow everywhere. So, you know. Came back to the church. Once again, we could only afford, you know, at that time, we had Zeta. The kids were covered, my wife were covered, but I wasn't. We just couldn't afford it. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, nothing happened. So I said, okay, Lord, you must want me to leave the church because I found this job with this opportunity, and they got Blue Cross. It's going to be great. You know, everyone's going to be covered. And I didn't feel peace about leaving the church. And, but, but I know that God said that you're going to provide for me, and I want to do this. Lord, I want to do that. And the Lord said, no, 
don't move, don't move, don't move. All of a sudden, I get a call from CMU that allowed me to work and make way more money than I ever have in my adult life and to also be here still as a praise and worship leader and as a minister here on this staff. And guess what? Now, Blue Cross is on my life, on my children's life, and my wife's life. We can go and get our eyes checked. We can go and get our bodies checked because my God does provide. It wasn't on my timetable. It was on his timetable, and he knew what he needed to do. I believe that he wants you to know tonight, I've heard your prayer. I've heard your call. It's not time yet. And how do you know that? Because he didn't do it yet. Right? He's not a God who would lie. If he says his name is, I will provide, that means he will provide. Hallelujah. You've heard my story of my education. Right? I was not the greatest student. It's so funny. So many people tell me, Jonathan, you're the most intelligent person I know. I, I start laughing because they didn't know me in high school. <laughs> I had probably a point something. They should, no one should ever check that ever. Um, wow. Just sitting here thinking about that. Y'all, I graduated from, <laughs> with my bachelor's at 26. The normal age is 21, 22. I'm 40 now, and I have four degrees. And I'm not paying for my fifth. I say that not to go, whoop, whoop, me. God has provided in ways. Listen, if my teachers in high school knew that I had four degrees working my fifth, they were like, did you cheat? What? The, what? Oh, but if I could tell you about my God who is bigger than a IQ test, who is bigger than stereotypes and worldly labels. Oh, you're special, Ed, or you this. Really, the last time I checked, my God will provide. And what did he provide for me? He provided a way to education. He provided for me to be seen within man, above man. He's, a, he's allowed me to be used by him. Hallelujah. And in a year and a half from now, all of these worldly people, because of my God has provided, will have to call me Dr. Jonathan B. Glenn. Can I get a hallelujah? Because my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Let's read Matthew 6, 31 through 33. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the things that you need shall be added unto you. Some of us, we are jumping over the equation of seeking God first. We want to pray, and then we want the outcome. We want a fast food God and not a fast lasting God, because God wants to last you to the end. He doesn't want to give you blessings and blessings and blessings. 
blessings and create in you a spoiled child with no faith. But if you stand and believe the word of God, I'm preaching tonight, y'all. If you stand and believe in the word of God, his word says that he will supply all of your needs. But if you would seek my face first, if you would seek my kingdom first, if you would just read your Bible and come to me in prayer, not only will I provide for you, but on the journey to provide, you will learn more about my name. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Most recently, the Lord continues to remind me that I, he is my provider. It's not what I can get from this world. Sometimes when God sends us blessings, we use those blessings to usurp his will. I want you all to follow me for a second. I just told you that the Lord has given me some degrees. I had a job offer, y'all. This is recently. Only people that know is the praise team. I finally told Pastor last week. Florida Gulf Coast University, Fort Myers, where Pastor is right now. Ain't that funny? Or somewhere around there. The opportunity was almost $40,000 more than what I am making now. When I saw those numbers, I said, oh, Lord, you will provide. So just like any Christian who claims that God is your complete source, I went to my prayer room and I began to speak to the Lord about, is it time for me to leave? The Lord instantly reminded me, I thought I was your source. Lord, you didn't answer my question. I talked to Alice. She said, Florida. I went, do you know someone there? (laughs) And I began to pray, and the Lord reminds me over and over again that he got me. That I am his source. I'm sorry, that he is my source. He is my Jehovah Jireh. I still took the interview. I wanted to know what it was like to like interview for um, an assistant dean job. I killed it, y'all. Like, I left that mean. I went, good God Almighty. <laughs> it was good. I have a friend on that campus and kind of overheard that they were going to call to fly me in. And my spirit went right. Talked to my wife. That's when I talked to pastor. Actually, Mike, I do need it. I'm sorry. Thank you, brother. Um, and... I wrote a long email, and I denied the next, you know, um, interview. And I sat. My wife said, you okay? I went, yeah, you know. Because at this point, God has showed up so much in my life. I mean, it's unexpected. Why would I doubt him now? 
why would I choose $40,000 as a ransom to believe in my God as Jehovah Jireh? Or $50,000? Or do I have a number? Do you have a number? That someone can give you to deny that God is your source. God is my source. And although that, that would have been a great opportunity for me, although because of the favor I have and the abilities that I have, I would have rocked out at that position. It would not have been the place that God wanted me to be. So I was asking God for something that was not in his will for me. And sometimes we get confused when God doesn't answer our prayers. It's because what you're asking for takes you out of his will. And how do you know that? You go to the throne room and ask. You have to have a relationship with God. So when you use his name, you know who you're talking to. The coolest thing about having Jesus on you, that because of that blood is covering you, the Bible says we can walk boldly into the presence of God. So I don't have to ask pastor to pray about Florida. I don't have to ask my wife to pray about Florida. I am covered through the blood of Jesus Christ. When I wake up and I have a question about where I'm supposed to be in life, I ask him myself. We come from history of this church where the man of God has had a lot of power in hearing from God for the people. That is a reality. But if you ever read church history and hear what Luther did to separate himself, it's because he believed that he also had the right to hear from God. He believed that even a person who's considered a peasant had the right to hear from God. He believed no matter what your class system was, you have the right to hear from God. And centuries and centuries later, in 2021, although I love that Pastor Rick and Miss Diane can hear on my behalf when it comes from me in my house, I am going to wake myself up six in a morning, I'm going to get my Bible out and I'm going to pray to the God who I consider to be everything for me. I'm going to pray to the God who provides all things for me because he is my source alone. Can I get an amen? Do you know God the way you should know him? Do you know God The answer to so many of your problems would tell you that reality. Jeremiah 29 11, we're going to end this way. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Why do I want to end this way? Because some of you consider your lack the proof that God has nothing for you. That is the enemy 101. Let me convince you that God is not a provider. Let me convince you that God is not Jehovah Jireh. Let me convince you that he wants you to be in lack because it's a humble thing, because it's what Christians do. We should lack all the time. Psh, psh, psh. Read your word. That is not biblical. Pastor would call that religious. That's not biblical. For my gosh, just apply all of my needs. Listen, I'm a, you know, I'm a radical thinker in this. I have what you would call a dream board. I learned this from um, Sharon Jolliffe at Amazing Grace. 
I have a dream board in my house. When you walk in my room, I'm a preacher. That's telling me to slow down. It's time to go. When you walk in my room, it says 2021 dream board. And I have pictures of things that I want paid off. I, I have pictures that my wife has told me that she wants to live in one day a house. I just relented and said, so be it, Lord. I have a picture of my Cadillac. Woo, Mike, this thing is beautiful. Mm. Lord knows. Lord knows. I have a picture of my, I have my future title on there. I have my mother's name on there. And it says cancer free. I have a picture of me in my slimmer days. And I put on there, not losing weight, but finding discipline. I'm a dreamer, and I could dream because I know the one who I dream to. I know that God is a provider. I looked at my car one day, my 300, and the Lord reminded me I put that on my dream board, the exact model, the exact car, four years ago. And he decided to give it to me now. I had a picture of our van on that dream board. And I said, paid off. We paid off the van in 2020. Some of y'all need to have dream boards. Some of y'all need to trust God again. Some of y'all need to stop leaning on your own understanding. Oh, Lord, I felt that. And with all your ways acknowledge him, and he would direct your path. He would direct what you spend. He would direct what, yes, Lord. Some of y'all need to, right now, you're about to buy something. He doesn't want you to buy it because he wants to provide it for you, and you're trying your best to do it yourself. I believe that is for somebody today. Somebody's watching. Stop what you're about to buy. Watch the Lord. Pray to the Lord. He's going to get it for you. Whatever it is, if you're going into debt, for stuff you believe in God for, who's believing in what? Woo, some of y'all don't like me now. <laughs> that was good. You going into debt for the very thing. Some of y'all stop looking at me. Okay, I'm, I'm going to look over here. Some of y'all going into debt because you got tired of waiting for God and you decided to put yourself on the throne and say, now I'm the provider. Me and my plastic. And because you didn't wait for God, now you will pay triple for what he would have given to you for free. Oh, Ooh, Lord, I need to stop. That was good. Mm. Mm. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Be reminded of what Jesus said in Matthew, that if the lilies don't have to worry, the birds don't have to worry, why would he want you to? Can I get an amen? For the next several Wednesdays, we will talk about the names of God. And it's backed by his character, by his reputation. This Bible is filled with examples 
of why we should believe that he is a God who provides. Where does that name come from? Genesis 22, Abraham finally gets his promise. And God says, give it back to me. He tells Abraham to sacrifice his promise, his son. So on the way to going to sacrifice, Abraham, being obedient like he was, lifted up the knife. Then all of a sudden, in verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied, do not lay a hand on the boy Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught in the bush. I believe the Lord would say to us today that he is a God who will provide. No matter if I do provide for you, you should be able to lose what I provide to you because you trust me to the point where I will provide to you again. If I'm praying God for 100 bucks and he gives me the 100 bucks and tells me to give it the mic, the same God who gave me the 100 bucks will give me another. I've got to give it to Mike. I'll never forget when I bought a very beautiful orange guitar and the Lord woke me up in my sleep and told me to give it to my boy Stevie. I went, ooh, that's not you, Lord. You would never tell me to give my new guitar away. Maybe you want me to give him my old guitar. No. And listen to this. Hallelujah, Lord. I forgot about this. I gave it to Stevie. Stevie, his guitar just broke. You know, Stevie's one of the worship leaders at Amazing Grace. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I was just praying to the Lord. I said, yeah, 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 take my guitar. Bye. <laughs> that guitar was called a Takamini. Cost me about 600 bucks. My birthday was in a couple weeks, and my little sister bought me a $2,400 Taylor guitar. My sister wasn't a provider. God was. Amen. Amen. Y'all still love me? Y'all going to come back next week? (laughs) Hallelujah. Next week, we're going to talk about Jehovah Rapha, a God who heals. Some of us need to hear that because we think because our healing hasn't come yet, that he is not a God who heals, but wait till next week. I got some promises for you, not from me, but from the word of God. Can I get an amen? amen? For those of you at home, for those of you in this room, thank you so much for coming tonight. Please remember every day at noon, not only do we want you to pray against what's happening in our country with COVID and those things that will be used to divide us and also the church. We want you to remember our pastors as they are in Florida enjoying themselves um, hopefully eating some good food and just relaxing because they deserve it. So make sure every single day at noon that you're praying for our pastors and pray for me too. I want to do my best to lead us into the places that he wants to go. And this Sunday is our first part of the series, Kingdom Living. If y'all thought tonight was fire, y'all Sunday, bring your spiritual seatbelts. That's all I got to say is about to be some truth in this mug, okay? Let me pray, y'all. Father, we love you so much. We choose to take you with us. We choose to say that us, may we be a place where your name dwells. Lord, may, we, may our houses be a place where your name dwells. May 
May our workspace, everywhere we go, may we take you with us. And may that be a place where your name dwells. And when we say the name Jehovah Rapha, may we actually, excuse me, Jehovah Jireh, may we actually believe that you are our provider. We thank you for your truth tonight. I thank you that you've allowed me to use my talents to glorify your name. And I promise you keep on allowing me to be talented. I promise to only use it for your glory. Thank you for my brothers and sisters who are here and who are online. We love you. Y'all have a blessed night. Hallelujah.